We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. you're Jason Tatum, does it matter to you at all that you score 49 points in front of William and Kate? (laughs) Does it matter to you at all that you had royals courtside visiting from England, the prince and princess of Wales? And I know her full name is Catherine, but her peeps call her Kate. And we'll never be royals. Jay thinks he's so funny. He is pretty funny. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Uh, the other, the, the next thought about Jason Tatum is, oh, no, what if he didn't even realize they were royals? What if he had no idea? And I always come back to this about how sometimes there can be a disconnect between generations. They're in their 30s, though, so it's not like they're old. I'm pretty sure William is in his 30s. Maybe maybe they're in their early 40s, but I think they're in their 30s. Anyway, do you remember when Cody Bellinger, might have been his rookie year, maybe it was his MVP year, somehow someone brought up Seinfeld, and he had no idea what Seinfeld was? That's, oh, dear. That's bad. That's really that's bad. bad. He had no clue who Seinfeld was, and so it became kind of a joke. He spent his life in baseball clubhouses and was really sheltered and didn't have any idea about Seinfeld. So I, I don't know. Are we to assume? Somebody must have pointed it out. If, if you're Jason Tatum and you don't know who the Royals are, okay, that's fine. They're not our Royals. But somebody would have pointed that out. Yeah, I think someone either a coach or a teammate would go, oh, look, we had, we're in company of royalty. Or those are the, they had to know that they or were there. Or probably more like, hey, is that who I think it is? Is that really... You think he can recognize them by face? Probably more than name. You don't think you could recognize Prince William and his wife? I really don't. Are you serious? Yeah, I really don't think I would. I would just see him walking down the street, and I think that's just some guy at the basketball game. Every time... Every time they show him on TV, you don't know why they're showing them? No, I, I guess... I don't know. I guess I would. If I was in person, like at the game, and I just happened to walk by him in the hallway or in the corridor of the arena, I really don't think I would be like, oh, I, my, I wouldn't double I highly take. doubt that you and Prince William would be using the same corridors. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Oh, I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> I bet they travel with the cavalry. He's and, not sitting in the upper deck? No, he's not. Also, I just, I, I'm pretty sure they probably had their own private entrances and that you are not using the same corridors. I don't know. Depends what, depends what arena. Jay, just take my word for it. <laughs> Please. I know you like to be funny and all, but just take my word for it. Depends what arena. <laughs> no, it definitely does not depend what arena. <laughs> You're the kind of people they're protecting them against. <laughs> Possibly. 
Okay, what are your NFL burning questions? Burning questions that deserve answers before the end of the regular season because we've got six weeks and there are so many. We've tried to tackle a bunch of them already on the show. We've still got two hours to go. Many of you will be waking up on the first day of December Try that on for size. So on Twitter, A Law Radio, our Facebook page too, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Always our phone number, 855 212 4227. That's 855 212 4 CBS. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it lost? Oh my goodness, it's lost. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown, LA. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing. Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it! Yes. Touchdown! Hey. Joe Burrow and the Bengals! Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone. Touchdown! Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. We started off with, well, with Kevin Stefanski, Nick Chubb, reaction to Deshaun Watson returning for the Cleveland Browns, 700 days since he last played in a game that counted. That began the AFC version of QB News and your quick preview, your quick scratching the surface for week 13 of the NFL season. Week 13, first games in December. In fact, that begins on Thursday night with Bills and Patriots. We'll preview that game a little bit later on the show. Let's start with the mess that is in Denver. So many of you, the burning questions, What do they do in Denver? What can they change? How do they fix what has become an unmitigated disaster? The unthinkable. And the latest reports, reports, new reports or old reports, that Russell Wilson has quote unquote lost the locker room and the players around him are not listening and not following anymore. First of all, uh, you know, everybody wants to win. We all want to win. You know, and uh, nobody wants to win you know, more than me and this team and what we want to be able to do. I think also as well, uh, I, mean, I got great relationships in that locker room. Uh, so whoever's trying to tear it down, uh, you can't. This is a great, great team, you know, and we got a great players. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to play with this team and these guys, um, you know, and so, you know, there's always noise, especially when things aren't going the way that you want it to um, all the time. You know, bad and I, you know that, you know, the, my biggest goal every day um, is, is to is to continue to to try to lead at the highest level, um, and to to be consistent every day with my approach, and to never change and not let um, the highs of life, uh, you know, change you, and not let the lows. Just be consistent with your approach. I asked Troy Rank, Denver Seven Broncos insider, whether or not he believes Russ when Russ says he's still confident in his abilities, and Troy's answer was this: I believe Russ is confident that he can still play the game the same as his first 10 years. I believe Russ believes that he's confident, but he thinks his play on the field kind of underscores the fact that there are some cracks in the dam that Russell may be second-guessing. There's some hesitancy there. He's not nearly as comfortable as he once was. One of the biggest games on the schedule in Week 13. Looking forward to this. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, a rematch, if you will, 
of the AFC Championship game from just a few months ago. This one takes place in Cincinnati. So the Bengals hosting the Chiefs. I can imagine it's going to be one heck of an atmosphere, raucous atmosphere there in Cincinnati. But before we get to that, family first. Patrick Mahomes and his wife have named their new baby boy Patrick Bronze LaVon Mahomes. Obviously, I've always wanted to do Patrick uh, LaVon Mahomes III. I've thought about that since I was literally like five, six years old. And really? I always thought it was going to be Trey as the third because mm-hmm. you hear a lot of people doing that. And my, and my brother Jackson, uh, whenever we were trying to find something that was a little unique and different, uh, he said, what about Bronze? It fits perfectly uh, with with Sterling, and uh, we so we went with that, and it, I think it, it works out well. And he can have his own thing now, where he's not Patrick; he's Bronze, um, even though he's Patrick. And then uh, Sterling and Bronze can have that connection uh, moving forward. Congratulations to Patrick and his wife Brittany on the birth of their second baby. And the daughter is Sterling, so that's kind of cute. Sterling, and now Bronze will be the nickname for his son. Patrick Bronze Lavon Mahomes. He's got to have his own little nickname in there. But dad is back to work. And the questions, I like this line of questioning. I think it's interesting. Though it it somewhat uh, befuddling. Is it Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? Or is it Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow? It's just Patrick Mahomes and anybody right now. But there are questions about this kind of growing up and maturing and taking over as the best quarterbacks in the league, whereas it used to be Brady and Manning, and then, of course, Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Now, could this be the next best QB rivalry in the NFL? I have a ton of respect uh, for Joe. I mean, he's a great, great football player, but he's a competitor, like you said. I mean, those are the guys that win in this league are guys that compete. Um, And so, I mean, I, 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 I hate to compare to Brady and Manning because they won so much and put up so many stats. And I feel like that's something that you do at the end of your career when you, they look back and see all the success that you have. But I know I'm, it's just like a lot of these guys. I know I'm going to play this guy for a long time. He's a great competitor, so he's going to be a great football team uh, for a long time. And we're going to have games like this. And so uh, I just try to go out there and win the week. Um, and I know he does the same. And uh, we see what happens at the end of the week, and you move on to the next. Okay, but seriously, though, Producer Jay, Is it Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen or is it Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow? Because I could have sworn last year it was more Patrick and Josh. Yeah, if you ask me right now, I'd probably say it's Mahomes and Josh Allen. But Burrow, not too far behind. I mean, went Super Bowl last year. They had a rough start. I feel like maybe and Allen had such a hot start. So we could see Joe, the Bengals, picking it back up. Maybe he gets back in that conversation. But right now, I think it's Mahomes, Allen. They played back-to-back years in the AFC postseason, right? So, uh, yeah, I think there's more of a sample size there, though I do love that the Bengals have put themselves in that conversation now as a team and a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. Uh, As for the Bengals, they desperately, well, desperately strong. They're playing really good football now. They would like to have star wide out Jamar Chase on the field again. Now, he told the media this week he didn't play against the Titans on his own decision. This was his choice to not play. He stayed out of the game and off of the field for precautionary reasons. Uh, He told Zach, I guess he, he went to Zach Taylor and told him he didn't want to play because he didn't feel comfortable returning from his hip injury that early. But there is a chance he could be on the field against the Chiefs. It's always fun when a guy like that comes back and, and enters the lineup. So uh, 
see how he goes how he goes this week in practice and I'll play it by ear. For his perspective or from his perspective, Jamar has said he feels great and he has no pain uh, as they get to practicing for the Chiefs. Uh, maybe that extra week off did him good. Uh, good for him for deciding that he needed one more week before he was completely comfortable running up and down the field like a wild banshee. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm thinking that battle between the Bengals and the Chiefs will likely end up being one of the candidates for the game of the week, the after hours game of the week. We haven't done it in a couple weeks, so looking forward to getting back to that poll. The Las Vegas Raiders have two wins in a row. Uh Uh-oh, watch out, AFC West. This week, they take on the Chargers, who had that last-second rally where the overtime went. Was it overtime? No, it wasn't overtime. They didn't go into overtime. The last-second rally against the Chargers uh, or against the Cardinals. So Chargers are flying high. Raiders are feeling good. Yes. (laughs) And the Raiders last week got the performance of a lifetime from Josh Jacobs. 303 scrimmage yards. Seventh most ever in an NFL game. And, man, Derek Carr will take... All of those rushing yards every week. 363 rushing yards makes your job easier as a quarterback. That's a perfect picture of football. Like, we see eight-yard gains, and it's like, wow, what a great run and all that kind of (laughs) stuff. And that's what happens when everyone does the right thing all the time. You know, um, know, defensive guys get paid, too, and make good plays and all that kind of stuff all the time. So uh, for, for something to come together like that doesn't happen often, but it was great timing for us. It was the Raiders who went into overtime and this on the road in Seattle. And yes, Josh Jacobs with the 86-yard walk-off TD. But the team itself had had this astronomical game on the ground, not something you would expect from the Raiders, but it worked to perfection. And he's right. This is football. Run the ball, stop the run. And more and more teams are focusing on that in 2022. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The Titans still on top of the AFC South, the only team with a winning record in the AFC South. But a challenge for them this week, they take on the Philadelphia Eagles, those 10-1 and Eagles. We'll hear from Jalen Hurts next hour, but this is an interesting reunion. Tannehill against his former top wide receiver, his former number one target, A.J. Brown. I want AJ to have all the success in the world, um, just not this Sunday. <laughs> you know, if he, you know, he's obviously having a great year, and I want to continue doing so. I just hope, uh, you know, Sunday's not his best day. The Tennessee Titans had won five games in a row. Then they stubbed their toe against the Chiefs. You may remember that game, back to back then versus the Broncos and the Packers. But they lost to the Bengals last week, uh, and Derrick Henry he got stuffed. The Bengals' defensive line, the Bengals' defense in general, was able to corral that Titans' run game. Will they get it moving again versus the Eagles? Because that's their identity. That is the key to what they do on the road at Philadelphia. Another huge challenge. And, man, their schedule has is right now is replete with landmines. So going back to the Chiefs' loss, then they had the Broncos. That one was a seven-point win. But on the road at Green Bay – home to take on the Bengals, then on the road at Philadelphia. That's tough, but it also makes you battle-tested, especially if you plan on moving forward in the postseason. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars are also on their schedule in December, and they had that confidence-building, culture-building, come-from-behind win against the Ravens last week. Man, really saw the Trevor Lawrence that we got accustomed to at Clemson, and he says he's always been that guy. He believes that could be a springboard moving forward. You want to be used to winning, uh, but at the same time, um, it's good to it's good to kind of understand where you're at and, and have your perspective changed a little bit. And like I said, just a more appreciative of it. And I think that's where we're getting is that confidence. And every week, you know, one, we have that confidence. We can beat anybody, but we're, where we're winning most of these games. And, you know, that's obviously the goal. And I really think that we're heading there. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that, yes, are seeing the results of bringing in a coach that has a pedigree, has credibility and equity in a locker room just by stepping into it, but had to start over. We know Trevor Lawrence has also mentioned how valuable it is that Doug Peterson speaks the quarterback language, right? Doug was a quarterback in his time in the NFL. And whatever backward steps, whatever uh, rotten floorboards they laid down in Jacksonville, Peterson and his group have had to rip them out and replace them. But we're starting to see that progress, that forward progress, as opposed to kind of spinning their wheels. And really, you had to go backward to move forward in Jacksonville because of the damage that was done last year in Trevor's rookie season. So Jacksonville in Detroit this week, uh, rounding out our... Our AFC version of QB news. The more I hear from Kenny Pickett, the more I want to hear from Kenny Pickett, which gives me a great tandem in Pittsburgh, right? Mike Tomlin, Kenny Pickett, good sound bites. Pittsburgh at Atlanta this week, and also a big step forward for the Steelers last week in the way that they were able to rally in their victory on Monday Night Football. It shows growth, right? I mean, we had the, the two, three and outs. Things weren't going our way. Um, you know, we weren't executing at a high level. And then in a big time moment in that game, you know, we came together and, you know, put, put together probably one of the best drives of the season that we've had, converting on third downs, moving the ball really well, and then finishing in the red zone. And then you had a two-point conversion of that. So it, it, there was a lot of positives there. Um, you know, like I said, that we looked at the tape. You know, there's positives, there's negatives. We're going to learn from both and, and, you know, use it for this week. You may remember the second half against the Colts on Monday night. Indy was able to climb out of a 13-point deficit, actually take the lead, a 13-point hole, take the lead because the Steelers started three and out and three and out in the second half and giving not only the short fields to the Colts, um, they even had the fumble. It was a fumble? Yeah, it was a fumble, right? A botched handoff between Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor on the goal line that erased a really long drive, and the Steelers could do nothing with it. Gave it right back to the Colts, and they were able to score with a short field. So, yes, there were pockets and stretches where the Steelers weren't productive offensively, and yet, what has Mike Tomlin told us? These are real-time reps. He's getting real-time experience, and because he's so smart, Pickett is, is picking this up. <laughs> he's picking up what we're putting down, baby. You got to sleep fast. <laughs> I just need the secret to that. Steelers at the Falcons in week 13. One more. This will be a high-profile matchup this weekend. Tua Tango-Valoa and his new head coach, Mike McDaniel, on the road at San Francisco. I guess we should mention Jeff Wilson, too, who's also a former Niner. Raheem Mostert, also a former Niner. It's a reunion, if you will. And this is kind of fun. Uh, it, it, we want you to hear it. So, like, really tune in and listen to this. 
uh, McDaniel and Tua Tagovailoa having a conversation on inside the NFL. So they were mic'd up, and Tua was getting ripped by his now head coach uh, for how poorly he played in high school. I woke up like at three, and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I, I was thinking about when you randomly hit me up that you're YouTubing me. Yeah. And so then I YouTubed you and heard and saw this Trent Dilfer thing <laughs> showing all this high school from you. Trent. And bro, your your technique was trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank yeah. God for Bev. What are you talking about? No, no rhythm, no timing? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? It was cool though, because you can see little elements of like your swag. Um, but you were, yeah, you were stressed out. Woo! <laughs> I like that. Your technique was trash. I was like, hey. <laughs> I suppose you can say that now that he's your starting quarterback and you've won five games in a row. I'm not exactly sure when that took place, but that was inside the NFL. They were mic'd up and a little bit. Actually, we'll do it next. Uh, there's some other big storylines going into the weekend. Mike McDaniel facing his former team and his former head coach who gave him his opportunity there in San Francisco and served as a, a push then for this head coaching job in Miami, which appears to be going pretty well to start. That looked like money. <laughs> I love Tua. Well, that was high school. He went through Nick Saban's Alabama after that and the pressure cooker that is Alabama football and winning national championships and yada, yada, yada. So much coaching and teaching and training along the way to the Miami Dolphins. The most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Says Ty Hill. Hey, maybe Ty Hill can play the entire game coming up this week because I could use a few more points from him on my fantasy team. <laughs> I know. No one cares about Man. my fantasy team. My, okay, if I put my microphone down to my stomach, do you think you might be able to hear it growling? I haven't yet. It is so distracting to try to talk when your stomach is growling as fiercely as mine is right now. I always talk about this. I'm not doing a great job this week. I've been eating dinner too early and not bringing enough food with me. I finished my Thanksgiving leftovers, so I don't have anything really. I'm going grocery shopping this morning. Oh, another bad idea. Go grocery shopping when you're starving. Jay, is your stomach growling? Because I know you didn't eat much either, but mine is actually making noise. Audible. It's calling audibles in my stomach. <laughs> Mine's getting there. I'm pretty hungry. It's oh, not growling just goodness. yet, but it's getting there. Yeah, I've done a really terrible job of timing out my meals this week. And so the the growling typically starts in the final 30 minutes of a show. But these last few nights, it's been growling the entire time. I feel like there's something wrong. There's something wrong. We're going to want to eat that too. Yeah, I'm going to want to eat a cheeseburger with Andy Reid. All right, coming up, a couple of the other matchups from week 13 with some ties. And Matt Rule finds a new job. That didn't take long. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on Facebook, on YouTube. We'd be glad to have you weigh in on our Twitter account as well, After Hours CBS. With six weeks to go in the NFL regular season, what burning questions deserve answers? It's December 1st. Six weeks to go. <laughs> CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Here on After Hours, we like you as much as you like us. We got full phone lines. How you doing? I'm a first-time caller. Great. I admire your wisdom and knowledge. 
Hi, Amy, you're my uh, late-night girlfriend. I love your show. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. For those that's listening, just want them to know that you are the superwoman of radio sports. Oh, you're sweet. Thanks. Good evening, Amy. Great show. Now you're stuck with me for a long time. Stuck is a great way to put it. Now give me a buzz tomorrow night, too. Thank you. Oh, well, I appreciate the warning. Amy, how you doing? I'm great. Hey, I love your show so much. I'm a super horn. <laughs> and you jerk it out. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Shut up, hush your mouth, can't you hear you talk too loud? Week 13, December. Next check I write needs to have a 12 on it. Oh, goodness. It's going so fast. The year's going so fast. The, the football season's going so fast. And it's not just the NFL. It's conference championship weekend in college football, and we will know the four teams who will compete in the college football playoff by this time next week. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You have probably heard this or saw it on your phone. Maybe you were listening to Marco Belletti's updates. You should be listening to Marco Belletti's updates. We're about to get another one. The last remaining domino to expand the college football playoff has dropped. Or I guess we could use the bowling analogy. There was a pin at the end of the lane that was teetering, 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 and it finally fell over for the strike. The Rose Bowl has agreed to terms that will allow the playoff to expand to a dozen teams. Three times what we have now. We're not going into this with any type of kind of smooth, long, slow transition. Nope. We're going from 4 to 12. Boom. After the 2024 season, it actually got moved up. So 24 and 25 are the final two years on this current contract that the power conferences have with the college football playoff, or they have to make up the college football playoff. And they've agreed to forego the final two seasons in order to expand to a dozen teams. But there's a lot of money on the line. Duh. (laughs) Because there's so much money on the line, it it required a, a, a lot of different entities to agree to put aside their own contracts and to put aside their own priorities. And the Rose Bowl was the last one to agree. So now you will have... 12 teams starting in, it'll be, the playoff will be in early 25, but it's the 2024 season. We're talking about half a billion dollars on the line in these final two years of the current contract, which will now have 12 teams each. So finally, the Rose Bowl is on board, and that's it. Those of you who've wanted expansion, who have called for expansion for years, Well, it's coming and it's coming early. Merry Christmas to you. It's actually not a surprise to me. Once you had the conferences agree to it, the conference commissioners agree to it, it seemed as though it was semantics and logistics. And I know the Rose Bowl was stubborn. Rose Bowl was one of those entities in sports committed to tradition and also the reports were that the Rose Bowl wasn't thrilled 
about kind of giving up the money they were contracted for with the idea that, you know, now they're sharing, there's more bowls to share with that type of a thing. So the bowl, the Rose Bowl had to amend its contract to accommodate this new system. And finally, last but not least, after an ultimatum, the Rose Bowl had to get on board or get out of the way. And guess what did it? You you should not be surprised by this at all. According to a report from Heather Dinich, who's the great college football insider for ESPN, the ultimatum said either get on board or you could be on the outside of the next TV contract. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, because just like the NFL, just like Major League Baseball, just like the NBA, the money, the money that they use, the money that makes them rich, the revenue primarily comes from TV contracts. This new Amazon deal for the NFL, billions of dollars, billions, which is why the league doesn't care whether or not your stream is as accessible, doesn't care whether or not there are audio and video issues. No, it's billions of dollars. Deal with it. And essentially, that's what got the Rose Bowl to move. Because as a college football team, as a college football conference, and as a bowl of this stature, you rely on a certain, well, you've come to, what's the word I'm looking for? You've come to get comfortable. Oh, accustomed. That's the word I'm looking for. You've come to get accustomed. You've become accustomed is really what I should have said. You've become accustomed to a certain lifestyle. The Rose Bowl likes being one of the premier bowls and likes all the pomp and circumstance. And yes, there are traditions, but those traditions need to be on TV. (laughs) And we need that money to continue to foot the bill for our lifestyle. I'm thinking of a wife who doesn't necessarily love her hubs anymore. I guess the opposite could be true too. If the wife makes the most money in a marriage. And sometimes people stay together because they don't necessarily want to split up and have to pay their own way. Kind of like having the sugar daddy or the sugar mama. And so the Rose Bowl kind of likes having that TV money that funds its lifestyle. (laughs) You know me, me and my metaphors and my analogies. They come from my spaghetti plate brain. So good for you, Rose Bowl. Showing your true colors. They're rose colored glasses if we've got that money coming in. But without the green, life gets a little more complicated. So, yes, how do you feel about that? 12 teams. I think it's too bloated, but everything in college football is bloated. Everything when it comes to the big-time revenue-producing sports is bloated. College football almost doesn't resemble the sport from 10 years ago. It's changed so much with NIL and Transfer Portal and now the 12 teams in the college football playoff. The almighty dollar, period, end of sentence. And as I promised, we'll get back to week 13 in the NFL. Love to hear from you with six weeks to go. What are the burning questions that need answered?
And I'm not referring to whether or not your team runs the table. What a that's a burning question. You actually think your team's gonna run the table? Or I got another one that I thought was interesting. Are the Eagles for real? Have we not answered that question yet? I kind of feel like that question's already been answered. Ten and one is not a fluke. You are what your record says you are, period. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. You know, a lot of time has, you know, um, passed here. We, you know, we have the record we have. And, uh, you know, again, there's different reasons that uh, go into that. Um, You know, I think that there has been progress um, of some sort. But we're just not getting over the hump. Um, And uh, we got to get over the hump. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That is the voice of David Tepper, owner of the Carolina Panthers, telling us why he fired Matt Rule earlier in the season. He was the initial casualty. And yeah, just like we've talked about with some of the other situations around the league, a lot of times you can point to the constant change. And one of the things that plagued Matt Rule and his tenure with the Panthers is the revolving door quarterbacks. He never did have a franchise quarterback. Uh, and and that's a it's a downfall for a lot of coaches because you can't always change the QB, uh, and and sometimes when you pay your QB a massive amount of money, uh, you really can't divorce yourself from the QB, but you can change the coach. And there is a lot of speculation that that may happen in Denver. It may happen in Arizona. We'll see. Moving forward, Matt Rule now has a new job. He's the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers going back to college. Remember, he was at Temple uh, and and had done a bunch of other jobs in college with great success before he took the job in Charlotte. Still getting asked, what would he change about his time in the NFL? This comes from the Season podcast. Probably taking another job. You know, I mean, I think it's a great place. Uh, You know, the wonderful people, but I just don't know if I was a fit there. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we, we talked about, Hey, we're going to have a, a, a four-year plan, a five-year plan. You know, if you tell me, Hey, we got a two-year plan, then, then I'm gonna go get signed a bunch of free agents and, and do it. So, you know, what was a four-year plan became a two-year and five-game plan real quick. And Interesting. It, it's not about, Hey, it's not, and I'm not angry about it. You know, no. at the end of the day, I understand, but if you're, if it's going to be that quick, then, then we're going to sign some more free agents. We're going to, we're going to go make the blockbuster trade. We're going to do those things. I think the trajectory that we were on was correct. It was to, it was to have a team that next year could maybe make a big trade um, that could, you know, and I think you see the signs of it right now when they play well on offense, they win, you know, there's a good defense there. And um, I I give Steve all the credit. I give the coaches all the credit, but I'm part of that building process. So had that just stayed for maybe through this year and maybe made the big free agent signing this year to get them over the top. I think that the Panthers could win the, the NFC South for years to come. Matt Rule on the season podcast, what he would change about his time in the NFL. He said probably taking a different job. You know this is a man of character. This is a man who's well-respected. Not only did he coach at Temple to great success, but then he took the job at Baylor, and he was given a reclamation project. With all the scandal around the football program, he took over a team that was decimated by sanctions, by reputation, certainly 
there was this stink and this stigma around the way the school covered up sexual assault investigations, rape allegations, protecting its football team and its athletes above anything else. And that landed on the coaches. And yet he goes in there in 2017 in Baylor, and his first year was rough, 1-11. and But there was not a whole lot he could do except try to clean it up. And they were rock bottom. It was shattered. The fact that he took the job, that alone is impressive. Year number two, they had a winning record. Year number three, which was 2019, the Bears were 11-3, and and they went to the Sugar Bowl. And they actually were ranked in the top 10 that season. So he took the Bears and gave it some semblance of not just order, but respect respect again, and and still, it takes longer than that. But he walked into a a, a total disaster. He was unafraid. He was fearless. So he wasn't afraid of taking the job in the NFL. But as he points out, I wasn't given a whole lot of time. Or I, I was told I had more time, but that's not reality. If I had known, maybe I would have tried an accelerated plan, but I feel like that's a lesson for a lot of NFL coaches. There's not much patience among owners in the NFL. No matter what they say or how long your contract is, five years, six years, you need to win as quickly as possible. That's really a lesson that comes from Matt Rule. I don't think he can not handle the NFL. I don't think the NFL's too big for him or he doesn't know what he's doing. Nah, it's just a... A matter of didn't have the right people in there, and he was building slowly. He was on a slow burn, and that's not what David Tepper wanted. Let's talk to Matthew, who's in Dallas. Welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. What's going on? How you doing tonight? Good, thank you. I uh, first just want to say, besides my local 105, three the fan shows, you're definitely my favorite show to listen to. Thank you on CBS. Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about Dallas a little bit. Uh, we play Colts this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it should be pretty handy, hand, handedly. Oh, you know, you should never speak that. Don't speak that oh, out loud. Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. We're dumb like that. Um, <laughs> so I, I think we should we should hand them pretty pretty good loss. Um, I mean, I think that they've kind of just thrown a bunch of antics at the rest of their season, hiring some guy that has no qualifications. Love Saturday on TV. Uh, I don't. I'm surprised. How about did you love Saturday as a Pro Bowl center and a Super Bowl winner? Because that's what he was before he was on TV. For sure. There's lots of people that are Pro Bowl and Super Bowl winners that I don't think be good coaches, though. All right. I mean, so far they're playing hard for him. I, I don't think he's got the right pieces in place. And the offensive Agreed. line the offensive line has been a mess this year. Uh, but I actually think if you look at how they're playing, they're competing as hard as they can. I'm not sure they're equipped to win, but they're they're doing what they can. Which is impressive because I think a lot of people, at least from what I heard when they first announced that hiring, kind of ragged on it as far as, like, why would they play for some guy that they just hired for some kind of show. I like Indiana. I have uh, I have ties in Indiana. Peyton Manning one of my favorite players of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see where it goes next season, but I don't know if it'll go any better unless they make a lot of big changes with their personnel. Right. Um, as far as the Eagles go, uh, you said, are they for real? No, no, um, I didn't say that. I think you that, asked, you No, no, no. Here's no, hold on, Matthew. Hold on, Matthew. 
Okay. I, hold on. Someone on our Facebook page asked me oh. if the Eagles are for real. And I scoffed at that and said, that question's already been answered. Duh, you are what your record says you are. You heard me say that. I, I was not asking the question. I was repeating. And, and you know how kindergarten teachers tell you there's no such thing as a dumb question? I think that's a total <laughs> lie. It's BS. That's a stupid question. Yes, the Eagles uh, are for I've real. lots of stupid questions in my life. But to, <laughs> to your point, your record says, you are what your record says you are. I mean, is that is that the case for Washington? Is that the case yes. for the Giants? Yes. Are we going to say that this is pro yes? football? This is not college football, where they have a committee who determines who goes to the playoffs. This is the NFL. You are what your record says you are. If the Commanders continue to play the way they are, you don't have to like their style. But if they can win like this, and they've won what six of seven now, they're a playoff team in the NFL. Period. That that that's true. How can you quibble with that? I'm not saying they're not a playoff team. I'm saying that I think they're at least five teams better than the Giants and Washington that should be in the playoffs over them. Obviously, it's not a committee just like you Nope, not a committee. I'm just saying that just because your record is a winning record doesn't make you a good team. It makes you a winning team. Okay. Well, winning teams in the NFC this year get into the playoffs, all of them, because there's only a few of them. I'm here for it. (laughs) We can do this every year. I'm okay with it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the NFC beast. I didn't see that coming this season. Honestly, yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I think it's the biggest shock to NFC fans. Oh, it's fantastic. Kinda, we've kind of been crapped on for. Oh, for sure. I've, I've, I've made NFC East jokes for 10 years. Oh, it's great. Yeah, so, yeah, so it, good for it's you. Nice to see, it's nice to see Tom's Brady division doing crap and he's part of the <laughs> So it, it just feels nice. Look at that. It's like anymore. payback. All right, Matthew, good to talk to you. Enjoy this weekend. Don't be counting your chickens or your colts before they hatch. Uh, let's see what happens. But yes, every team in the NFC East is above 500, could potentially sweep playoff positions. So the commanders are very much for reals. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio.